Thank you for tuning in to the Living Truth Church podcast. We're glad that you're here. If you'd like more information about Living Truth, you can check out our website at livingtruthchurch.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram, but the best way to connect with us is through our Living Truth Church app, which can be found in any app store. Now for a message from the Word of God. We hope that God uses this teaching to impact your life. Good morning. Man, that's the thing. All my life, it seems like I'm just thinking about this. It seems like I'm always surrendering, and I thought I surrendered this or I surrendered that, and then I pick it back. Surrender, I mean, surrender is... I pray that this morning we'll make room. I pray that's what you hear this morning. I pray that that thing that you surrendered, that you want to surrender, that you surrendered, and then you pick back up, that, that maybe be on that. Let's pray. God, we just... We just sang that song, God. I, I, I think we meant it. I meant it, God, to surrender, but I, I know me, and I know next week's coming, and the week after that, and one done, but I, I guess I just, we need help, God, help us. We want to make room for you. We want you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And I was so caught off guard by that song, I just forgot my regular intro here. I was going to tell you all what was going on. I love it that we come in here and get together and do this, but... But the other six days a week, what are you doing? What are you doing to make much of Jesus' faith in Christ already? Because some people are being obedient. The women's retreat of y'all actually came to the first service, believe it or not. I didn't think I'd see any of you because I heard nobody got any sleep. So for some reason, so. Yeah, so just like camp. All right, okay. But it was great. I heard the women's retreat was great. Ladies, if you missed it, you missed it. And uh, her husband's until I'm going next year. I'm getting everybody to go with me. So it's a great, it's a great time. Pink one. Pink one. Okay. And see, there's always, always got that little attitude. So now, the, now I'm going to have to pray again. Okay. So the title of the mice, all right. Uh, this is a letter to the church at Smyrna. Those that are new with us, we've been going through the letters that are written to all called letters to the churches, the, 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 the seven churches in Revelation, but <clears throat> Job got Job. Job passed the test of suffering. I mean, if you ever thought there was some fairness in life or something that was unfair, Job passed that test. Job passed that test, the test of suffering. Joseph passed the test of being mistreated, actually being enslaved as a teenager, being taken captive from his country and taken to another ca- country and being such a person of integrity. So if you, I think a lot of times we get triggered on things like that. This was unfair to me, so I'm going to go do this thing that I want to do. And I think, Daniel, nobody sees me here. I'm going to drink the king's wine. No, but no, no, God said, no, no, you just, I don't want them thinking you're eating the king's food. I don't. Paul passed the test of enduring in ministry. You think, we just think ministry, pastor, I don't know, I think it's like, like a very bad rate, like 90%. Don't finish. I'm getting close to the finish line. I'm praying hard because the odds are still not good. You know, it's like out there. Paul, I mean, he was left for dead. For the sake of the gospel. But he was left for dead of enduring in ministry, knowing that it would likely be his cause of death, and it was. Jesus are recorded in the history, happy to be counted worthy to suffer for the name of Christ. 
And we continue of these seven churches, we can see the state of our own walk with Jesus. Here's to hear, let him hear. I should give some background on Smyrna. Smyrna was a large, beautiful, and rich city. Culture, it was famous for its advancement, advancement in science and medicine. It claimed to be the glory of Asia. It created a great trade city. I mean, what we're saying is it was so, it was so well located that just trade just flowed right into the place to live. Built for success. On one famous street in Smyrna called the Golden Street, stood magnificent temples for gods, including a great temple to Zeus. But the worship of those pagan gods, in 196 BC, Smyrna built the first temple to the goddess of Rome, the spiritual symbol of the Roman. They began to, to worship deceased Roman rulers, which naturally led to them worshiping Roman rulers. And they kind of liked it then, and they made it mandatory that you had to worship the living or civic pride. So Smyrna the, was a leading center in the Roman cult of emperor. Smyrna won the privilege to build the first temple to worship the emperor Tiberius Caesar in 23 AD. Norman, why are you telling us this? Did you catch the date? Jesus is about to a living man, emperor. Jesus is here. And they build a temple to a man, a living man, while he's there. Domitian was the first Roman emperor to demand worship under the title Lord from the people of the A.D. What's happening then? The church is rocking and rolling, right? The church is thriving. Hundreds and thousands of people are coming. It says, oh, you got to say that I am Lord. According to ancient church history, that John, the apostle John, was banished to the island of Patmos where he received the revelation. Had now become mandatory. And once a year, all a Roman citizen had to do was go to a place and burn incense and mouth the words that Caesar is Lord, and they get a certificate, you know, that they're okay. And they could go on. By the way, they could go on happily worshiping whatever other gods they wanted to worship. But they had to at least do this. See, Jesus is Lord. There is no other. He's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the boss of me. They would, give, they would give no name. They would give no man the name of Lord. That name would keep for Jesus Christ alone. They would not even formally command. They wouldn't even, they wouldn't even go, you know what? This they wouldn't even do that. So while the background, why take the time Smyrna? Well, we don't have the history and background of Smyrna in the Bible like we did Ephesus, remember? We talked about the church at Ephesus, and I took you through Acts 8, 19, and 20. There, it's, there's so much in there, and, and Timothy was past church. This church was amazing considering where it was planted. It was planted in a place where they worship false gods. So let's read Revelation 2, 8 through 11 is our main 
text this morning. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, the words of the first and the last who died and came to life, I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you're rich, Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison. They will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear to hear, the one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. So Jesus' title, in his very name, Jesus is lifting them up and encouraging them. Does it encourage huh? The thought that Jesus might just walk through those doors, man, we, we, all our heads would be turned. What, isn't it? it just, just the name Jesus. I mean, I remember back, I do remember back in the tire store days, I remember going back, uh, I remember being, uh, uh, walking back in the warehouse and going, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I can't sing, but he loved to hear his name. What about that name, Right? Jesus, man, it's just something about that name. Jesus assured them that he suffered and died and yet lives, so can they. The, the name Smyrna comes from the word myrrh, a sweet-smelling perfume used in embalming dead bodies. <laughs> uh, I just got a thought. Should I say it out loud? Makes it smell like what it ain't. I mean, I tell you. So what Jesus knows about them, next time I say, ask you if I should say it, just say, don't do it. What Jesus knows about them. To the persecuted church, Jesus says, I see you. I know what's going on, what you're going through. It reminds me of that name, for God in the Old Testament, Jehovah Jireh. He's the God who sees, and so he's the God who provides. You see, because he sees, he provides. And maybe someone here this morning needs to be reminded that God sees. He knows what you're going through. I mean, that's not necessarily what we're talking about as far as the persecuted church, but yet it's, it's the same thing. He, he does as a believer, as a follower of Jesus. He knows what you're going. He really knew. 15 and 16, I preached, I, I still remember this from preaching out of Hebrews, the whole book of Hebrews a few years ago. Our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we, I mean, some of you got some crazy ways you're tempted. I have my crazy way, everything. But it says that Jesus, and he's talking to everybody. It says every. Yet without sin. Mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The throne of grace, that's an awesome place. Grace, don't you like grace? You like grace? Grace is He says, I see you. I see you. I know, I know your tribulation. I know in your poverty. Your poverty. From his, history that economically, Smyrna was wealthy. I mean, unemployment was 0%. If you didn't have a job, it's just because you didn't want to work. Yet, in this prosperous city, it says that the Christians were poor. Now, the one used here is meant they had nothing. 
You see, they knew poverty because they were robbed and fired from jobs in persecution for the gospel. They were blackballed. They were boycotted. Verse in Hebrews fittingly described their attitude. Hebrews 10, 34, the last part of it says, and you joyfully accept the new that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. Folks, the writer of Hebrews is writing to, they looked ahead to the city of God where better things lie in store for them. People are troubled and worried about today and things that are not that big. We make them big. Even today, this is a common form of persecution against Christians. But it, it wasn't just a problem with Rome, though. The church was persecuted by religious Jews as well. Historically, we we're told there was a Lorna. And Paul had strong words for them. Paul himself, a Jew, he had strong words for them. We'll read, we'll read some of his words in Philippians, and this many times. He, he said, look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. And Paul can say this because Paul, he says, for we are the circumcision who worship by the spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus. He'll has its place before God. God's still got him a plan. <clears throat> but they're not Jews spiritually before God. I know. I know. It, man, it, isn't that just comforting to know that where you're at right now, Jesus is like, I know. I know. I, I, just, I just, just. In midst of this kind of suffering and affliction, God has forgotten, but Jesus knows. Somebody needs to hear that today. Somebody is going through some stuff right now, and you need to know Jesus knows. And that's all we need to know, right? I, I remember just needed to know that wherever you went, that God was with him. That's all you need to know. He's there. He's got your back. So what does Jesus think about the church at Smyrna? He knows what's going on, but what's he thinking about? They were poor, but Jesus saw them as rich. The world thought of them as poor and whatever, banished, whatever, but he saw them as rich. And they, they, were in, they were heeding for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Ah, that's just going to be going to somebody else. <laughs> but we can be living our lives in such a way that stuff is going out there ahead of us. Do y'all know that? For real. They were laying up treasures in heaven. They weren't worried about here. Furthermore, they were sweets. Not the night, but some guy went by me, and I just, y'all won't tell nobody I said this, right? That guy smelled good, man. It smelled good. It was like, I was like, I was like, dang, that, that was, you know, but you know, a man doesn't go up to another guy and he doesn't know and go, hey, I know there's some of y'all that would do that. I heard that. But still, you probably shouldn't do that. 
15 and 16, it says, for we are the aroma of Christ to God. Oh, man. We should be that way, that when we, our walk in Christ should be the people, hey, what? But what? What is that? Where do you get that? Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing, to one a fragrance from death to death, to the other a fragrance for these things. And the interesting note is that myrrh does not release its fragrance Your essential oils. I got y'all, just by saying essential oils, you get half the congregation back. Need a what? Diffuser. Your essential oils need a diffuser. Listen, the fragrance of the God is released through our suffering. I didn't read verse 14. It says, but thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance. That word in some of the translations is diffuses. The of God is released through our suffering when we are crushed through adverse, a sweet aroma. So why Paul says, I want to be crushed. Maybe we ought to have a crush on Jesus, huh? Man, that's good. Contrast that to the church we'll be talking about later at Laodicea, who consider themselves rich. How would you like Jesus to say that about your church? Because you know Jesus is the truth. Somebody, somebody asked one of my friends that was at the Godmobile this week, somebody asked a question. Well, they were talking, trying to talk to him about Jesus. says, I don't believe in hell. To which I told, I told him, you should have said, well, Jesus does. Believe in it? I don't believe in it, but Jesus believed in it. We can think, begs the question, how does your evaluation of your relationship with Jesus stand up to his evaluation? We need to take this personal right now, okay? So have you ever, ever had to fill those things out about you, your, you know, Things about you, and you say, all, oh, you check off. And then they go, oh, yeah, and pass that out to five of your friends. You're like, okay. I don't know what they're going to say. So how does your evaluation of your relationship with Jesus stand up to his evaluation? You're like, I'm fine. We're good. Me and Jesus are good. I love it when people tell me, oh, me and Jesus. I mean, people that I know that are not living for the Lord, and they go, oh, we got a deal. Me and God. Yeah, <laughs> you you might want to read the Bible. So what would he say? Of Jesus in Mark 10, 23, 25. How difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were amazed at his words. Well, they were amazed at his words because they thought they equated wealth and health with being right with God. And God, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Riches can be an obstacle to the kingdom of God, an obstacle that some do not overcome. And by the way, let's share this. Money is not the problem. Abraham was wealthy. No, 
the love of money is the problem. The Bible says the, 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 it falls in line with the problem at the church at Ephesus. You see, they misplaced their first love. Often material riches are acquired and maintained at the expense of true spiritual riches. I'm not fond of using old stories or something I read, but this, this one kind of makes a point. So it was about the time of the Renaissance. The timing was between the 15th and 16th centuries. And a man walked with the Pope of the Vatican. The Pope told him, we no longer have to say what Peter told the lame man, silver and gold have I none. And the guy walking with him said, but neither can you say, rise up and walk. Listen, we need to be a humble, praying church. If you have two cents to your name, thank God. If you're standing upright, thank God. If you're laying down and you're still here, you say, well, I did all this. Well, look, look, you did all you did with the talents God gave you. Verse 10 tells what Jesus wants the Christians, the disciples, the believers, the followers of Jesus in Smyrna to tell you something. Hey, don't worry about that. Ain't no big deal. And they don't know nothing about it. Well, Jesus knows a little bit of something, something about suffering. He suffered and died and he rose again. So I think he's, he is the authority on the subject. And we'll note that the literal translation is stop being afraid. You see, the Christians in, in Smyrna suffered under persecution and they were afraid. And sometimes we think that Christians who endure persecution don't appreciate the depths of fears that they struggle with. Jesus wanted them, the enemy to see them blink. Yesterday, I was watching football game, surprise. A little bit of a football game anyway. And one of the players came on the sideline, and one of the coaches hit him up in the shoulders. His player was coming in. He was tired, and he was trying to lean down. His coach, don't let, don't let them see you're tired. He was picking them up, strong and courageous. The world's coming after you, but you keep your head up. You're a child of the king. You're an heir. Matthew 5, 11, 12, Jesus says, Blessed are you when others, blessed, blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Blink, beg, or waver. In fact, you remember what he did? Jesus prayed for those because he knew his suffering was necessary and short-lived, but their suffering would be that don't believe, kind of mock us sometimes. Let me tell you, don't be sorry for me. I pray for them. I'm mighty and looking down. That's upside down. In the suffering of Christ, God is glorified. Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death. Spirit. Did you get that? His suffering brought us to God. I'm glad he suffered. 
in a prison, he says, Jesus described the nature of the persecution that would come against the Christians in Smyrna. Apparently, they would be imprisoned and forced. He says, you'll have tribulation 10 days. The point here is there was a limit. There are some other theories on what it meant, this, that, or the other. That's, it, the point here is it was limited. There, it may have very well, been, very well been just 10 days, but what we see is always a way out. With temptation, there's always a way out. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, man, when you're facing various trials, all these things are happening. Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for you. All of these things are encouraged. There's a way out, and hey, if it really looking bad, my grace is sufficient for you. It's good to know that trials and tribulation are not forever. Amen? My eternal life, there's no end to that, but this tribulation, there is an end to that. That's something where you're going through, maybe it's just something, maybe it's something at work. You know that you've got, it's seven days we're doing it. After that, it's over, or whatever that is. It's good to know, and it's good to know this. And he says that you may be tested. Listen, if this attack came from the devil, then why couldn't these Christians rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus? Well, that's because God allowed this suffering because he had a... And look, if you're going through something, God may have you going through that because he's growing you up. Job didn't understand why he was going through that. It wasn't fair. But he trusted God. So he could say, blessed be the name of the Lord. I said, blessed be the name of the Lord when great things were happening, bad things were happening. Amen? God uses suffering to purify us and make us like Look at what Peter writes in 1 Peter 1, 6 through 7. He says, in this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by very genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. See, the authenticity of our faith is tested and proven through we go through. We are made like Jesus and are truly witnesses of him. Paul writes in Romans 8, 17, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs of Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may be also be glorified in him. You suffer with him before you're glorified in him. You don't just get the glory. You suffer with him. May Paul want to suffer, as he talked about in Philippians chapter 3, when he says that he wanted to share in the suffering he might attain the resurrection of the dead. So in all ages, the blood of the witnesses who subsequently have been called martyrs has been the seed for the church. See, where the blood flows, the church grows. And like the test with Abraham, this test was to prove them through their suffering. Through their suffering, God displayed the truth in Smyrna to everyone, including themselves, even though he knew they were rich already. Listen, their testimony is a special one that cannot be denied. And through the ages of time, when critics would attempt to attack the gospel, they cannot deny the testimony of these martyrs. I don't know about you, I watched one of them cable shows, might have been the History Channel, years ago when they were going to do a story about Jesus, and I, I, ugh, I just knew they were going, you know, troll. But at the end of it, when they were still trying to kind of critique it and say stuff, they said, you know what, you can't deny is all these martyrs, all these people that were willing to die for their faith. I, I, I got nothing for that. 
the Christians in Smyrna church of the seven that has no evil spoken against it. Only this church among the seven survives today. Has survived through centuries of Roman and Muslim persecution. The modern city of Izmir is officially Muslim by name, but sincerely disillusioned with Islam and the current political climate. They may know that Christians used to live in Izmir, but most are unaware of the thriving Christian community of about 500 believers or so that are there today. Largely orthodox, but there's a growing number of evangelicals. God is also interested in testing us. We may not have the same opportunity to suffer for Jesus that Christians in Smyrna had, but we have same heart. We may never be in a place to die a martyr's death. If that's a witness is what the word martyr means. Originally, it's just a lot of people died for their faith is why the word has been changed, transformed. But Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brothers, brothers and sisters, or I urge you, I beg you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, present your body as a what? Living sacrifice. God wants you to come as a living sacrifice. He's not asking you to be a suicide bomber. He's asking you to be a, a living sacrifice. And that's hard, isn't it? Because you have to die to self. And there were four more pointing back at me when I said that, right? Sadly, many disciples avoid any hint of persecution by conforming so much to the world that they are no longer just. This wasn't the case in Smyrna. They were tested, and they passed the test, and to the winner goes a crown. Now, there are two different words for crown in ancient Greek. It's this word, Stephanus, which uh, means is given a trophy to a winning athlete. Jesus uh, looks at the Christians of Smyrna, and he says, ribbon, you're my winners. You deserve a trophy. Look, the promise of a crown was especially meaningful for the Christians in Smyrna. They had a crown of beautiful buildings at the top of Mount Pegasus, the worshipers of crowns. In that culture, good citizens and winning athletes received crowns. I mean, people went around wearing crowns. So this is our text. It says, no, they weren't second-class citizens. Citizens, you're getting a crown, and you're getting a crown of life. You're getting a crown that's going to last, and it's not going to decay. He who has an ear. While the Western church may relate less to the persecuted church, we can be challenged and cursed. Stories like the pastor of Smyrna, Polycarp, he was a remarkable example of both persecution and courage of early Christians. He also proved that they were rich in leadership. Polycarp was, mar uh, he was, he was mentored by uh, the Apostle Paul, and he died, uh, Apostle John, and he died a martyr's death in 156 A.D. Polycarp, they knew that, you know that I told you earlier where they had to get that pinch of incense and throw it in the candle and all that thing. Well, the Christians were concerned. Polycarp was, he had his whole life, and they had him taken away to a farmhouse so he, you know, they wouldn't come and get him. But somebody ratted him out, and they went and got him. These soldiers go to the farmhouse to get this polycarp. We're going to get him. They get there, and there's this old elderly guy, and they're like, what? <laughs> what are we doing coming with all this to get this guy? And they take him back. They're feeling kind of sorry for him, his feeble state, and his age that he was. Uh, was and 
It said that he and the other Christians heard a voice from heaven when he was in the arena saying, be strong, Polycarp, play the man or be the man, man up. And he stood before the proconsul. They tried one more time to get him to renounce Jesus. The proconsul told Polycarp to agree with the crowd. Let me just, just agree with it, go on with it, man. Just roll with it and we'll get you on out of here, man. It's, I mean, it's like the guy that really didn't want to kill the old man. He persisted, take the oath and revile Christ and I'll set you free. And Polycarp said, for 86 years I've served Jesus. How dare I now revile my king? And they killed him upon his confession of Christ. The day of martyrdom is definitely not past. We need to pray. We need to pray for the persecuted church around the world. In honor of them, we should contend strongly for the faith. Get this, so Jesus doesn't promise a crown of life. Though Jesus doesn't just promise a crown of life, there's more. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. This promise is for those who overcome the threat of persecution and the presence of persecution. We, as Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Jesus is writing this as an encouragement to those who will suffer for the faith. Those who overcome in Jesus will never be hurt by the second death. The second death is the lake of fire. Satan makes, listen, Satan makes a bunch of threats. Only the ones we believe have any bearing on us in this life. Though Satan threatened and attacked their life, Jesus promises his overcomers that death is conquered for them. One theologian said this way, all men die, but all are not killed with death. Oh, it's a woeful thing to be killed with death. Said another way, those who are born twice die once, but those who are born once die twice. Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. Have you? The second death is a reference to the final judgment of the wicked. Believers will not be hurt at all by the judgment. There's no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus. Listen, you can smell good to God or you can smell good to the world. It's in the suffering that we are crushed and make that sweet aroma to Christ where he is glorified. So I'm just telling you, all we got to do is simply obey Christ where you are. And that will be likely be an act of self-denial. You're going to have to keep killing self, killing the old man, surrendering another part of you, another piece of you. And for some of us, that's as bad as it gets. Dying to self is for all the disciples of Jesus. The cause of death, the cause of the second death is rejecting Jesus Christ as Lord. And there's, there's one way to that death and there's one way to life. It's all tied up in Jesus. Do you know him? It's not complicated. And the irony here is that death does not conquer the one who is born twice. Rather, he or she conquers death through and in Christ. So as Jesus said in Matthew 10, 28, don't, don't worry about the one who can kill the body, but the one who can kill both the soul and the body. This is serious. 
is the second death something you need to be worried about? You say, oh, no, I'm good. Okay, well, are, some peop- are there some people that you know that need to hear this message, that need to know about this? Time's running out. It's a lot there. Now's your time to respond. Hey, we're so glad that you joined us for worship this morning. We know that God is moving in the hearts and lives of anybody that hears his word. And we want to encourage you to take the step that the Holy Spirit's prompting you to take. Hebrews 4.12 tells us, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. This morning, the word of God was preached, and we know that it has the supernatural ability to go down deep inside us and change us from the inside out. We want to encourage you to take the step that the Holy Spirit is prompting you to take. If you'll download the Living Truth Church app for any any app store, there's a Next Steps tab. And there's a list of different things that the Holy Spirit may be telling you to do. There are ways for you to respond. Maybe you've never chosen to follow Jesus. And the Holy Spirit's drawing you to himself. Well, there's no better time to follow Jesus than right now. And you can let us know that in the app by clicking Follow Jesus. Uh, Maybe you're a Christian and the next step you need to take is baptism or beginning to serve in the church or giving or getting plugged into a CPR group, one of those things, you know, many other things as well, let us know in the app. We want to come alongside you. If you'll fill that form out, we'll be able to come alongside you and help you take those steps. Um, We know that if you're a believer, you're a stepper. You are somebody who never stops. You never become stagnant. We should always be walking with Jesus and taking steps to follow him. So if you heard the word of God this morning, there's steps for you to take, and we want to encourage you to take those. Um, So if you would, join me in prayer. Um, Dear Lord, I thank you for each and every person that's watching with us today. We thank you that they're here. We thank you that they've heard your word, God. And we pray that you'll speak to them, that you'll you'll draw them to yourself, God, and you'll you'll tell them the steps that they need to take as they follow you. Um, God, we pray that you'll give them the boldness and courage to be obedient to what it is you're telling them to do. Um, God, we pray that you'll move in their lives and use them. We love you. We thank you for your son. We thank you for salvation. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, y'all have a great week.